My name is James D. Fiore, and this is Blackball. Noah, Anna Grace, Dawn, Vicky, Charlotte, Jack, Olivia, Mary, Dylan, Catherine, ABL, Jessica, Rachel, James, Josephine, Caroline, Lauren, Ben, Madeline, Jesse, Allison, Chase, Daniel, Anne-Marie, Grace, Emily. Those are these people. The children, I hope I make it through this podcast, by the way. (laughs) The children who were... Savagely gunned down in Sandy Hook 10 years ago today. I don't know about you guys, but when when that note when that news broke, I was stunned, I guess, shocked. I didn't have kids yet. I didn't have to though. You know, um, there was uh, just a complete sense of this didn't need to happen. What the hell is going on with that with that country? Why is this stuff still happening? And why is it happening to kids? Like kids that are just going to school. And it doesn't feel like America's really learned their lesson. Um, in fact, I know they haven't. Um, there have been hundreds of mass shootings, actually thousands, I think it's 2,800 since, uh, since Sandy Hook, which is just a ridiculous number in and of itself. Tens of thousands of people dying um, senselessly in a country that has decided that a second amendment that was drafted when muskets were still like, you know, the badass firearm, um, ingrained in their culture, stitched in the fabric of their society, are gun rights, the right to bear arms. However you want, whichever way you want to decipher or define that second amendment, that's that's where they are in America right now. And I thought I thought it might be a good idea to hold almost like an impromptu podcast. This was not planned. I hadn't been planning this for weeks. I, ha- I actually woke up today and saw on Twitter that today was the anniversary. And I started going through some of the footage and some of the um, some of the old articles that that were uh, describing sort of the scene that day. And, you know, there have been, uh, you know, Columbine was the first one I remember, I guess. I was just out of uh, high school. I think I was in second or third year of college and that came out. And that was, that was crazy. I, I, I don't remember a mass shooting before Columbine. And I remember every, everyone saying at the time, like the, the, the sort of go-to line was like, you know, will a tragedy like this ever strike America again? Like, you know, this is crazy. 
And then we just keep on, we, we kept on seeing it over and over again. And so what I thought I would do is just have sort of like an open discussion just about guns, about America's sort of um, problem with guns, the Second Amendment. And now in Canada, um, he's not my favorite prime minister, but I, I don't really fault the prime minister for for wanting to put more gun control laws on the books. I really don't. We had uh, we had our own mass shootings over the last few years. And, you know, I, I don't care what his motivation is. I don't care if it's politics. I don't care if it's not really about gun victims. I don't care. I, I don't like guns. <laughs> I, I swear. I think I am probably the most progressive person I know when it comes to guns. I don't like them. I don't like handguns. I don't think anyone really needs a gun anymore. If you want to go and if you live in the rural, uh, if you live in the sticks and you want to shoot a deer and put it in your freezer, okay, um, fine. Can't you just have some sort of standard 22? I don't know. I don't know why guns have to be a fashion accessory to go along with um, a, a weapon of destruction. So I've invited a bunch of my friends uh, to, to just come and discuss guns. It's an open discussion. There is no format. Um, and first, I would like to welcome to the show from the Eager Beaker podcast, Paul Lockerson. Paul, how you doing, buddy? Hey, brother. Uh, I'm I'm good. Uh, that that opening kind of punched me in the gut. You know, you, you said all their names, you showed all their faces, and and I can't believe it's been ten years, and yet here we are. Yeah. You know, uh, it's I, I don't have children. I'll never have children. I'm 54 years old. I'm not going to start having them now, but I have nieces. I have nephews. I have cousins. I have friends who have children. And each one of those innocent, beautiful faces was destroyed before they had a chance at life. And God damn it. If you don't, if you don't have emotions over that, you've lost your humanity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was, yeah. Sorry, I was going to, I was going to say, you know, you, you said, you talked about how uh, Trudeau's not your favorite prime minister. You don't really care for the man, but you, you completely support him on this one. And, and it's surprising the amount of people that come out of the woodwork and have said lately, look, man, I, I don't care for the guy, but I'm, I'm not going to get mad about this one. It, why do you need a handgun? Why do you need a pistol? Why do you need a semi-auto? Why do you need a magazine that holds more than five rounds? Um, there's an ancient uh, First Nations or Indigenous saying that uh, he whose rifle needs more than five rounds is a terrible hunter. That's it's kind of a joke, but I mean, I mean, my father only ever, when he was a hunter, my father was a hunter. He's 81 now, so he doesn't hunt anymore. He goes out to the bush with the guys at the hunt camp and sits around the camp, drinks beer, plays guitar, cooks some food, you know. But he was a bolt-action rifle guy. Because if you, if you literally, the first shot you fire at a deer... If you don't get a deer or a moose with the first shot, by the time you get to crack off another one, it's gone. Yeah. So why do you need a magazine? You don't. You don't. I mean, he grew up on a farm, so they had they had rifles to scare away coyotes or coyotes or whatever, however you want to pronounce it, wolves and whatever from cattle and livestock. But that to them was not a weapon for protection. It was a tool to use for farming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or hunting, you know, to provide meat. And I mean, we talk about Sandy Hook and, and I had to, do you know who Dan Hodges is? No, not offhand. Okay. He's I, a might, fellow on, I might if you give me, uh, if you spur my memory here. 
So I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to do that. He's a fellow on Twitter. Uh, years ago, back in uh, 2015, he, he tweeted, um, it was June 19th, 2015 is when he tweeted this. And he said, <clears throat> and this is hard. This is hard because a lot of people got bent out of shape for it. But what he said is accurate. In retrospect, Sandy Hook marked the end of the U.S. gun control debate. Once America decided killing children was bearable, it was over. And I mean, it, I get choked up thinking about it, but it's like, tell me he's wrong. Yeah. I don't remember him saying that by the name that you just mentioned. Dan Hodges, was it? Dan Hodges. Yeah. I remember that sentiment floating around though. I, I remember people saying, look, if this isn't going to do it, nothing will. Yeah. Nothing will. Cause the NRA didn't even take a break from that one you know no. the NRA, every time a mass shooting happens the nra comes out and they start talking about if there was a good person with a gun there or you know this is just 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 proves that we need more guns and all this and i'm just like the most tone deaf organization i can think of but they mm -hmm. appeal to a lot of tone deaf people they know? do uh they're, they're very professional at doing what they do they've been doing it for a very long time they are well-versed in, in uh, nebulizing human emotions when it comes to somebody's going to take your rights away from you. And I'm like, you know, again, one of, the, one of the framers of the Constitution said we need to revisit this every 20 years and adapt it as time changes, as, as humanity advances. That was Thomas Jefferson who said that. Yeah. And they're still going back to, well, you know, in, in 17, oh, for Christ's sake, yeah. that was a musket. And they also forget the, the end part of that, a well-regulated militia. It was, not, it was not designed so everybody could have a, a 50 caliber semi-auto in their home. It was, you know, uh, the right to bear arms in a well-regulated militia in, in the event that the King of England wanted to try and invade once again hmm. in, seven, in the 1770s. I mean, good God. You want to be an advanced nation, but you're still living in the past. Yeah, I don't know if it was, um, I think it was Bowling for Columbine, um, the mm -hmm. Michael Moore documentary, where he was he was at that ranch, I think it was in Michigan. It was like uh, Timothy McVeigh's like cousin or something like that. He was a guy that I think actually served some time from the, um, the Oklahoma City bombing right. um, that Timothy McVeigh was responsible for. I, I think it was because he sold fertilizer. I honestly don't remember, but this guy was connected to McVeigh somehow. And Michael Moore was talking to him, and he was that kind of batshit, gun-toting, libertarian kind of guy. And I think Michael Moore um, posed him a question that was like, well, what is what is too much? Like, what, is, what, what weapon would be too much? A tactical nuke? Would that be too much? I think the guy joked at first and was like, yeah, I think everyone should have a talking about. But then when he stopped, when when he realized how stupid he sounded, he's like, "No, no, no, of course not." So there is a even on the insane people, they're they're like the the gun nuts. There is a cap, right? Mm -hmm. Where that cap needs to come down. I mean, I, I've heard people talk about how uh, you know an AR-15 is not technically an assault weapon. Who gives a fuck whether or not it's classified as a, as an assault weapon? Who cares? Yeah. I, I don't care. I, I know that it's remarkably easy to use, and it, it a bullet a round goes off as as 
quickly as you can squeeze the trigger and it's durable in the sense that it's easy to handle and lightweight and all that. I mean, I don't care if you call it an assault weapon. It's a fuckery weapon, whatever it is, you know, like it, it doesn't matter. So people get caught up in these terminologies and these categorizations of weapons. And it's just like, I don't know. I, f- I feel like um, if America, it's too late for America, by the way, you you cannot. Oh, it's done. It's done. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's too late in the sense that you're not going to be able to like say, okay, America, no more guns. That's never going to happen. Never. But why can't, um, like, um, you know, in, in some sort of utopian America, there be like, okay, here's your standard issue handgun. Here's your standard issue uh, shotgun or, or rifle. And that's it. That's it. That's, that's what, what you, you get. get. Yeah. And, and so everyone knows. I like the idea of smart guns, you know, where you hold the, the handle and it, it takes your print and you're the only person that can use it. I like those ideas. But Jesus Christ, like it's such a big business. Um, and, you know, and, and you have this country that can't seem to get enough of them. The Obama years, the NRA scared the shit out of like gun happy Americans to the point where they sold more guns during the Obama years than they had the previous like 50 or something. Oh yeah. It, it's it was an insane. insane number. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. I have a, um, I have a very, I, I like to think of myself as somewhat of an optimist. I really mm-hmm. do. Like, I, I like to feel like I'm an uh, optimistic person. I don't really have an optimistic thought when it comes to the United States, when it comes to this issue. Well, you know, I, I don't either. And I think it's because of the sheer overall numbers of people who think that I need to get a gun. I should sh- slide out of the chute. And as soon as I can walk, I should have a pistol in my hand. You, you like uh, one of my dearest friends on planet earth lives in Switzerland and she's from Ottawa, but she's, she lived in Geneva for 15 years and she's been in, in, uh, she was in Frankfurt for a couple and now she's in Zurich with her husband Two of the sweetest people you'll ever meet in the world in a country where everybody over the age of 18, who is able to does mandatory military service. You also realize that everybody over the age of 18 who has done their mandatory military service is handed a fully automatic weapon. And you keep that for life. You keep it for life. Now, you are, you, when they, they hand you the weapon and in the event of war or whatever the case may be, you would have to go and get ammunition. But you have the weapon at home. The firearm is in your possession. Everyone over the age of 18 in a nation of 8 million people owns an automatic weapon. Very high amount of gun ownership in the country. Now, I I say everybody over the age of 18. Some people are incapable of serving because physical abilities or mental capability, whatever the case may be. So it's not every single human being in that nation. But the amount of gun ownership in Switzerland is ridiculously high. Here's the interesting fact. They don't have gun crime like Canada does or the United, well, the United States is, that's an outlier. Let's not even consider them for a second. They have lower gun crime rates than Canada does. Why? Because everybody that's in that country is trained on how to use a weapon and what a weapon is used for. And the fact that it is something that is designed to take a life, whether it be a human life or a mammal of some type. It is designed to end life, period. That's all it's used for, unless you fire it into the sky and you might still might take a life because if the bullet lands on 
an innocent bystander or an animal or it could hit a bird. It, right? Yeah. A gun is designed to kill. That's it. That's its only useful purpose. Nothing more. So they don't give them ammunition? Uh, you are issued ammunition when you're in the military, but when you leave the military, they issue you the magazines and the weapon. And I, I'd have to double check on the amount of like you are. I think you, I think you have a, I think you're uh, issued thirty rounds, but don't quote me on that. So okay, cool. Like you, you don't have like a hundred thousand rounds of ammunition ready to go to war tomorrow, sort of thing. Um, are you um, all that familiar with with? The new Justin Trudeau was it Bill C twenty one I think it is, uh, yeah, and it's 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 complicated. We did a we did a show on the True North Eagle Beaver about that, and and Douglas did a lot of the research because he's uh, you know this he's, he's a communications guy, right? Like he reads everything he can, uh, and we had a long conversation about it, and I talked about how well look what I understand of the bill is there are going to be prohibited weapons that there already are. And restricted firearms. Now, restricted means you can still own the weapon, but you have to follow the restrictions. Prohibited means that's it. You can't even own it. So, like, a clip or a magazine in this country cannot hold more than five rounds. A shotgun, a 12-gauge shotgun, as an example, is only capable of holding three rounds. Now, you can modify that very, 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 very easily because they have a thing called a plug and the plug basically takes up the space of two shotgun shells. You can remove, you take the weapon apart, you remove the plug and you can shove five shells in there. But a a 12 gauge shotgun is only good at close range beyond 50 feet. It's an ineffective weapon because it's designed for birds, right? Is that what they're designed for? Well, shotguns are designed for birds. See, They're we foul. grew up in North America. I know this is going to sound like a joke, but I thought they were designed for Crips. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I'm just saying. Uh, no, no, was, not, no. Yeah, we're, get it. You know, we're get from it. Here, and the sawed off part, like, I don't know. Yeah. Is that Does that increase the spread? I, I don't even know what the sawed off part is supposed it, to do. It does. It increases the spread, but at close range. So is somebody within, and again, I, I don't own a weapon, but I've taken a lot of uh, weapon safety courses because my father was a hunter and he, you know, thought I, he might, that I might follow and, and uh, so I took all the courses and knowledge is power. I have, I have, I'm licensed to own, I don't have an FAC, but I could very easily purchase a weapon or a firearm in New Brunswick, Quebec, or Ontario, because I've taken all the courses, the prerequisite courses that one needs to take. That being said, uh, a sawed off shotgun is designed to release a giant slug at close range to make a bigger hole. But the further away you get, the less effective it is to harm a human being. But if you have a 12-gauge shotgun in your home and somebody comes into your home and you just make that sound, click, click, everybody on earth knows what that sound is. We've all seen the movies. That sound is real. That loading of the shotgun, somebody's out of there. It's like a barking dog. there, there was a, there was a, uh, uh, um, was a buddy of mine was telling me he was in Vegas and he was out of range and, uh, they sold guns at the range. And he said, they were trying to sell me a 12 gauge. And I'm like, no, I live in Canada. I can't take it across the border with me. He goes, well, you got to remember if you get back home to Canada and you need to get a 12 gauge, all you got to do, you don't even have to have ever have to load it. You don't even need shotgun shells. All you got to do is just cock it once. And that's more than enough. I'm like, yeah, you hear that sound. You're getting the hell out of wherever you are. Yeah. 
Because inside of a home, if you fire that off, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to blow a hole in somebody about this big because the, the wadding, the paper, the shell, everything that comes out is about the size of a beer can approximately when it spreads in, at close range. The further away you get it, the, the further it spreads. Number one. Number two, uh, you're going to go deaf. <laughs> because if you fire a weapon indoors and you do not have hearing protection, somebody's losing their hearing. Yeah, I, I fired a, um, a 12-gauge outside once. Um, so I live in the sticks now. Mm-hmm. Um, I held a gun once, I think, before I was 40. <laughs> <laughs> like a Beretta someone had. And then I wiped my prints off of it. Cause I was like, wait a second. What? This is not, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, my brother-in-law who's kind of a, uh, I'll be honest. Like he, he's kind of a mega guy, you know, like he's, he's one of those guys, a uh, hunter and everything um, hunts the animals that you shouldn't hunt. Cause he doesn't eat them. Grizzlies and shit. Like just one of those dicks. And um, anyways, he, my father-in-law has a collection of guns. And um, so one day he was out shooting and I just kind of walked out to him. And I was like, what the, fuck, what the hell are you doing? And it was, I think it was before I had kids. It, 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 maybe my, uh, my son was a baby or something, but he asked me if I wanted to fire it. And I actually was kind of curious just to see what it was like. I, I had no, I wasn't like, yeah, man, I totally want to fire. I was like kind of hesitant. I was like, okay. And I fired this 12 gauge. I, I hit my target, but the fucking gun, like, like it bruised my, like, rotator cuff oh yeah i felt like the gun almost kind of for a moment like i had to catch it again like i fired it and it felt like it was like it it, it was out of my grip for a millisecond and then i had to yep. hold it back onto it again and kick back and i uh, and he's like good shot man you hit your target and i'm like yeah he's like you want to do another i'm like nah. nope <laughs> i don't think so no much I, my, I, I need a massage and well, maybe it wasn't, even the, it wasn't even that it was just like I don't have that part of me that that it gets an adrenaline adrenaline rush from firing a weapon, you know. Like I just, I, I fired twenty twos. I think it was the same day or the same weekend. And twenty twos, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. It's it's kind of like a cap gun, like compared to the twelve gauge. It's almost it's almost nothing. There's no kick. It was just like whatever it was that I was using was just this simple little twenty two little tiny rifle. And and I was fine, but there wasn't a part of me like like. I, I've talked to Americans, people that I used to be friends with that that speak about handguns. Like they're talking about the way some people talk about holding a big wad of money. It just makes them feel something, you know, that is I don't know, like like that that makes them feel powerful, I guess. Um also you're frozen, so I'm gonna just kick you out and, and then allow you to get back in. Um, and while I do that, Army Chris from the Fire and Effect podcast, how you doing, buddy? I'm not bad. Yourself, James? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you for joining us. I, I know that you're going to have a totally tardiness. different take on this, but I know it's uh, still going to be sensible because you're a soldier. And I know that you believe in responsibility when it comes to weapons. So it's the 10th anniversary, Sandy Hook. We're just sort of talking about guns. I don't know if you heard any of the discussion so far, but if you'd like to give me your thoughts on on what, first of all, Give me your Trudeau thoughts on, on, on Bill C-21 and why you think it's ridiculous, because I know you probably do. I, I do and I don't. I've always, so we're explicitly clear, I've said this on my own pod before, I do believe in gun control. I do believe that your average person does not need an AR-15, and um, even though it's something I grew up with in my career. 
But what's happening now is, is theatrics. It's a, it's a theatrical. And if I'm repeating something you guys already discussed, please cut no, me please. off. There is no, there is nothing within B. Uh, sorry, Bill C twenty one that is going to impact gun violence in Canada. Nothing. Why is that? Because the amount of money being thrown at, and, and I have friends who I can't name that are members of the RCMP and other police agencies, they've all said it. The gun violence problem in Canada is because of cross-border gun smuggling. It has nothing to do with responsible gun ownership. If you look at the evolution of Bill C-21, the first, when the AR-15 platform or military-style assault rifles were banned, that was in response to what happened in Nova Scotia. And then we find out later that all those all those weapons were smuggled from the United States. Then we had the last iteration with the handgun ban after the tragedy in Texas, which is an imported American problem into Canada. Um, we don't have mass school shootings here. Uh, not Definitely not even close to the scale that occur in the United States. It's an imported problem to, to perpetuate an agenda that is not the problem. And then if you looked at the, 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 uh, the funding being allocated, and I don't have the figures in front of me, I do apologize, to CBSA, which is the Canadian Border Services Agency, and the RCMP to manage cross-border gun smuggling is, is, a, is, is a pittance in comparison to what the government will spend to, to buy back um, WEP guns from responsible gun owners. It just doesn't make any sense. That's is, is there is there is there a point like a greater point? I guess that the government is trying to make regarding how some weapons make it just really easy to take down a lot of people in a short amount of time. That's the that's the theory behind it for sure, and and, and I'm not I'm not against that. Like I understand that the, the, as a former military guy that owns several of those weapons that have been banned, well, not several, but a couple, why your average person needs this gun. Sure, they don't need, those guns don't need to be on the streets. And I, and I know the flip side argument for the, for the gun enthusiasts that enjoy recreational shooting and competition shooting. And I respect that. And that's their perspective that, oh, if we take all these guns that really have no function, I mean, Prime Minister Trudeau's platform when when this thing kicked off was that and i quote you do not need an ar-15 to take down a deer okay that that's that's a fair statement yet he waffled on the indigenous peace and their hunting rights and and the indigenous population of the country is still allowed to have those weapons which contradicts the statement so that's one thing but that's vote buying we all understand what that looks like fair enough and then he he went on the uh, just just last spring the prohibited he prohibited uh, pistols, and that's up in the air. And then slid under the table this latest, very controversial and, and very convoluted ban on. I, I couldn't even count. Nobody knows from myself to other gun guys to the police of what's banned and what's not and why, because now hunters are being impacted. And it just, it, but it, to me, it's like that is not going to solve gun violence problems in this country or any country for that matter. 
Paul? Well, uh, I, you know more Hi, about Paul. weapons than I ever. Hey, Chris, how you doing, brother? Uh, you how know you more doing? about weapons than I ever will. Uh, I mean, you've 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 been in battle. You've uh, seen things that I would hope to never see. That being said, uh, one of the things, and and we did talk about this on the podcast the other day about how how they shot themselves in the foot. They, they scored an own goal. Um, the ideology behind what they want to do is good, but they they've gone about it in not the best possible way. Right? Agreed. And. Uh, there, there, there are certain uh, political parties in this country who are spinning things out of control in the worst possible way by saying they're coming to take your guns. When that's not the case, I agree like, with that. Nobody's, as well. nobody's coming to take anyone's guns. They're going to put restrictions on certain weapons, and and there's problems with how it's like. Well, you can't use that weapon because it has a sniper scope. Yeah, but it's not a sniper rifle. <laughs> You know, so there's those there's there's a lot of convoluted aspects of the bill that do need to be worked out by individuals who have um, much more insight into this than I ever will. One of our one of our colleagues, Hugh Culleton, who is writing for uh, for the Dean Bloodell Network, uh, who is an educator, and we interviewed him not too long ago. Uh, he he's a former naval officer, okay, a soldier. Uh, he never served in combat, but, um, sorry, my, I've got my computer dying and my phone dying here, but I'll stay on as long as I can. <laughs> he never served in combat, but he has a, an incredible knowledge. He owns a rifle range. He shoots weapons and he's invited myself and Douglas to the range. And we're like, yeah, we'll come out. We'll fire a couple of rounds off. He's a responsible gun owner. My father is a responsible gun owner. Me, do I like guns? No, not personally. Um, I am actually a very good shot because I've gone to the range in the past and fired at targets. And they're like, how did you do that? And I go, hold your breath, slow your heart rate, calm yourself down and squeeze the trigger. It's not rocket surgery, but not everybody is capable of that. Did you and, say rocket surgery? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like brain it's, science. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a trailer park, boys. Not rocket oh, appliances. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was an intentional I, I, though, I, but I'm I caught so that. I caught that. Yep. Yeah. Total, totally intentional. Uh, worst case, Ontario. Um, <laughs> 100%. Right. But but the, the thing is, it's like, it, it, like I talked about earlier, Switzerland, high uh, gun ownership. Uh, it's, it, I've gone to Plain Palais in Genève, Geneva, where they have the, this giant market on Wednesdays and Sundays. And there, it's like, so think of the Stittsville flea market. James, are you familiar with the Stittsville flea market? The former Stittsville flea market? Okay, so think of a flea market where there's like uh, 3,000 tables set up, 3,000 booths, and this is Plain Palais in Geneva. And one of the booths goes, I'm a watch guy, so one guy's got like thousands of watches, and I bought a couple from him. Some were beat up, beat to hell, and I spent money to get them fixed up and repaired, and and like a beat up old Rolex that I bought for like five hundred dollars, uh, five hundred uh, Swiss francs at the time, is worth a lot of money. But I didn't replace it with the proper Rolex parts, so now it's basically worthless. But it was an authentic thing. Then the next table over to him, he's got fully automatic weapons. He's got a fifty cal. He's got like literally. What do you want to buy? And you and it's legal to purchase these for Swiss citizens that don't have a record. 
I'm not a Swiss citizen. I don't have a record, but I'm not a Swiss citizen. So I could look at all the guns and he'd tell me all about them. But anybody who walked out of there with it was not going to go and mow people down. I have sat in a pub and watched a fella show up in, uh, in Geneva, downtown Geneva, one of the wealthiest cities on earth. A fella shows up in his fatigues with shoulder length hair and his ears pierced and kinds of, all kinds of tattoos because he's already done his service. But after, up to the age of, now, Chris, you may or may not know this because I can't remember what the date is. Up to the age of 40, you have to do, uh, what is it, uh, two weeks a year, every five years or something like that in Switzerland? Yeah, they, got, they have a compulsory service thing. Yeah, after you've done your mandatory, it's yeah. for a number of years. And anyway, so I'm sitting in the pub and five guys walk in, shoulder length hair, earrings, tattoos, in fatigues with automatic weapons on their back. And I'm like, what the hell? And they're like, oh, no, they're just they're just stopping off for a pint before they go home. I'm like, this this is normal? Well, yeah, they, they do their service. They do their two weeks or whatever the heck it is. Whoever their employer is. They, some of these guys are bankers. Right, yeah. who make more money than I've ever seen. They go, they do their two weeks, they'll stop off at the pub on the way home, ride ride their 10 speed with their backpack and a fully automatic weapon. And people are not getting mowed down in the streets because A, responsible gun ownership, B, uh, proper training. And and learning that uh, it is a, a weapon of death. It's, it's not a toy. And when well, you pull the trigger... People fall down and they don't get back up. Yeah, and it starts with proper training. And, and like, again, because everybody assumes, right, because we're such we're so polarized when it comes to politics. That Because I live in Alberta. I have a short haircut. I wear a camouflage ball hat, drive a pickup truck, and I like guns yeah. that I'm this right-wing gun nut. I'm like, no, I'm actually not. I, I think you're not that this entire Bill C-21 is, is a complete fiasco. However, if you want to talk about gun control, we've always had – good gun control in this country we've always have to get a, a to get a restricted firearm you need to have a background check done right that that, that other countries such as the united states with all their problems with gun violence don't um, unilaterally apply across all states because of the way the system works down there and that's a well, where they purchase the gun, right? If you purchase oh, as a gun I'm going to tell you an Arizona story later James when I'm done there about how easy it is to get guns down there because mm. my dad had a house. Um, there's a waiting period from when you purchase the gun. It's not like the Homer Simpson. Oh, I'm mad now. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you go in and buy a restricted <laughs> firearm, which is say an AR-15 or a pistol, you don't just walk out with it. it. It's a couple days minimum. It was up to a week, depending on the time frame and however it all worked. There's a process that's in place. And you had to take a course. Now, I don't think the course is adequate. I did weeks of weapons training before I pulled an actual trigger when I joined the military. Now you take this little two-day course and, and off you go to the races. Separate conversation. Now you contrast that that with, and I'm picking on Arizona here, not, not the entire United States because it's different all the way. But I was down in the United States, and Arizona has one of the loose, loosest set of gun laws in the entire country. And I... We were uh, in a gun shop, and there was this old Vietnam vet. He knew I was a military guy. I said, so how do I get a gun down here as a non-citizen? My dad's got a house. We're down here twice a year. He goes, you just go downtown, show them your power bill. They give you a residency license. 
and then you can come in and buy a gun. There's no background checks. That's in a gun shop. You can go to a swap meet behind their version of the Legion every Saturday, and like you said, tables laid out from Rolexes yep. to AR-15s to AK-47s, no ID, hand the guy cash, and walk out. And you wonder why you might have some problems. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm a gun guy, but I'm going, there's something wrong with this. If you wonder how you, why you have gun violence in that country and, and school shootings, it, it's, it's a lack of background checks because it, mm -hmm. you just, they, they die on the second amendment. Um, yeah. you know, the, the right, literally it's like literally they're just, they're just, it's the most important thing in their existence. You're not taking my guns. The NRA doesn't help because that's big business. And it's the accessibility of firearms for people who don't have background checks that may have, you know, mental health issues, whereas we don't have that up here. So just to come full circle and shut up, Canada has always had good gun control. And this Bill C-21 gong show that came out of nowhere is, is stems from Justin Trudeau um, hyperizing a problem that doesn't exist from the Nova Scotia shootings to the, to the school shooting in Texas and then passing, pushing these bills through without proper process. Yeah. And they're not real problems to, to both, to both your points. And then I'm going to bring in another guest because it'll be uh, a total um, um, sort of contrast as to what we're talking about right now. Cause he is uh, he's from, uh, New Zealand, but uh, to both your points, <clears throat> the training I think is important. Honestly, Chris, I support a country that won't let me have a gun, but will let you because of your military background. I don't well, care. That's why I've been called biased, but that's exactly what I think. Like I'm comfortable I'm having an fifteen here, but do I think that my neighbor should? No, hell no, no. no. So that that um, might sound I, biased. I'll, I'll eat that. That's okay. I'm yeah. good with that. I think biases, biases are good sometimes. Um, I want to bring in a just sort of a different perspective here. Um, Braden Simmons, uh, welcome to Black Bolt. You live in New Zealand, and you you have had. Um, I mean, there has there has been a national tragedy that took place in New Zealand not too long ago. Can you tell me how that has sort of um, changed gun laws in your country, if 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 at all? And what your thoughts are on on the reaction to that massacre? Thanks, James. Um, it's a complex issue, obviously. Now, the, the government first responded with a a ban, an outright ban on semi-automatic weapons, um, which is not something that I personally think they should have done. Um, the latest headlines, I was just doing some Googling before I came on, the latest headlines are that firearm injuries and deaths occurring at record rates. That's on the 31st of August this year. So, you know, there's a, that's, that's a quick, a, a quick two-liner that you can throw at it that it hasn't worked in terms of preventing gun crime. Um, it is doing the next stage, which I think is something that that is something that I personally think is a good a good approach as uh, a gun registry. The the problem with guns is in part, I mean, in Sandy Hook, I think is a good example where 
person's I, did, I, I could be wrong but I believe the, the the shooter took that weapon from his mother's that his mother legally owned right yeah I that's so. correct yeah it was a, a Bushmaster yeah. with yep. an AR-15 a Glock 20 a, a six hour P226 and a Ruger 22. Now what accountability is there for the, his mother having allowed him having owned, used her guns, stored them in a way that this individual could access those guns. And I think that's it, it's a significant problem in New Zealand, where at the moment, for all of the bans, which I don't personally think are going to help because the guns are off, off the legal market anyway, there for all go. of the bans, gun owners can purchase guns and then sell them to individuals without... Uh, without that are not licensed, and that happens in New Zealand a lot. So uh, that's how the gangs are getting guns, and that's why the the, the crime is rising. Uh, there's other factors going on, um, but if if you've got a gun registry, so the gun, uh, uh, which is very similar to what we do with vehicles, right? Vehicles are can be used as lethal weapons. France, the terror attack in Nice showed us that. But there's accountability because the owner can be held accountable for what that vehicle is used for. And I think that's important. And I, that's where we're going next. So if you own a gun, you don't give it to somebody you don't know. You don't sell it to somebody you don't know. And you're careful about how you store it because there's, there's consequences for you. So are you... Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Does New Zealand have a similar problem that in Canada has then where um, a lot of our shootings... Uh, are taking place with guns that originate um, from the states that are smuggled in? Are they being smuggled into New Zealand? No, no. But they many of the, there are guns smuggled in, but New Zealand, of course, being an island, has got it's a lot harder. Um, and and that's one of the issues the states will also always have is that there's the the border with Mexico. It's just a, it's just a sieve, right? Um, it's harder, but you can purchase a weapon here legally if you're a licensed gun owner, which uh, New Zealand's got less guns than Canada, but there's still quite a few, about 26, I think, per 100 persons. Yeah. Hmm. Um, cool. Quite a few. Then you can sell that weapon to somebody who doesn't have a license. And so there's the, we've got, New Zealand's got social problems, as, as we all do, and there's particularly a problem here with gangs. So that's, sorry to interrupt, Brendan, because I honestly believed up until right now that New Zealand had more stringent gun laws than Canada did. But what you're telling me is changes my thought process because everything you're describing, you can't do that in Canada. If I want to sell one of my guns, whether it's a restricted firearm or not, the the recipient has to produce 
a what's called a PAL possession acquisition license, your, your firearms license, that would have had to have had a background check. There, there's no scenario in Canada that's legal where that transaction would be allowed to happen currently. Is there an agency yeah. Chris, there, where we, it's like, say you said you wanted to sell me, say you wanted to sell me a gun? Yeah, Sorry, it all goes through what's called the CFO, the Chief okay. Firearms Officer so in every province. Is there a potential database of guns in Canada? Sorry, say that again. Is this Canada have a central database of guns, much like a vehicle register? We so we do for what's called restricted firearms, which is pistols and and anything that has a high capacity detachable magazine that was considered an assault style rifle, which is now banned. We did. They're called restricted firearms. So they have they're they are registered. I get a piece of paper. I am only allowed to take that to and from a range. I need that paperwork with me at all times. And the, the police force knows I have those guns. Then we have non-restricted firearms, like, you know, you know, a shotgun or a, a hunting rifle or whatever that do not have a registry. We had a registry uh, before, but it was costing 60 billion times more money than was planned. And the, the, the success of government scrapped that. So, yes, we have a registry, but not for all of our guns, only guns that they consider to be restricted firearms. But that being said, whatever gun I want to sell, like there's a couple of websites where you can gun swap weapons and things like that. The buyer and the seller have to have valid licenses. That all goes through the CFO who knows that that transaction's happening, blah, blah, blah. That's how it happens. Well, New Zealand, interestingly enough, had a, had a registry. Um, it was abolished in 1983, apparently. Yeah, that's government um, against other uh, successive governments changing. You know what I mean? I, I understand that being how that happens. You can. Um, the actual law is that is that you can sell a gun. If there, there is penalty for selling a gun to someone without a valid license. It's thousand dollars fine or, or three months in prison. But yeah, but you're now you're getting into illegal activity, which is exactly the crux of the. Well, problem. you are, but but yes, but so and that the accountability is still weak. I mean, it's, it's basically untraceable. Sure. But can I, can I just, I just want to say that like, say, say, say someone commits a mass shooting with like a run of the mill 22. Um, I don't know if I care if it gets smuggled on, uh, in or not. Um, but if it's an AR 15 and he bought, and it's bought legally versus smuggled, I'm not sure I care about that either. I, I just care about the tool that they're using makes it so easy to kill somebody that I'm almost yeah. not, you know what I mean? Like I'm almost James, and I, yeah. I've never been able to argue that. I can stand on my right-centric soapbox, if you will, <laughs> and and de and defend why I or whoever should be able to retain and use an AR-15. That being said, I cannot. I have no argument for the fact that those weapons do not belong anywhere other than with military people. I have no yeah. argument to that. Because I know a lot of people that, that support gun rights, um, they get really caught up in the classification of these weapons. Correct. As if, like, as if, as if the AR-15 not being technically an assault rifle is supposed to make anyone feel better. Yeah. You know? Like, like, yeah. I mean, what, what can you tell? Can Just because I'm stupid, I, I have no way. Listen, I don't know anything about guns. I really don't. Um, can you tell me um, the definition of an assault rifle? Okay, so, so so we're clear here. AR, 
does not stand for assault rifle. <laughs> Armalite. It, it's Armalite rifles. The weapon was originally developed in 1955 as a replacement to the M1 carbine for Vietnam. When the patent ran out in 1977, anybody was allowed to basically make that same system. Okay. So it opened up that market. So that's when you're talking, but to get into the technicality, let's just say that an assault rifle is a high caliber rifle that is semi-automatic in nature and has a high capacity magazine that's detachable. So I could take a magazine off that holds say 30 rounds, which is normal and replace and put another one on successively. And I, it's not bolt action. So a bolt action rifle, you have to fire one shot. This is your, your hunting rifle. I, I just think you, of Lee Harvey Oswald whenever I think. Oh, well, yeah, well, actually yeah. he used the bolt action rifle. Yeah. Um, well, so it's, it's, it's not auto, it's not an automatic <laughs> weapon. Man used you, a handgun. Yeah. It's not an automatic weapon where you hold the trigger down and it goes automatic. That's military only, but you can keep pulling the trigger and fire all 30 rounds, high velocity rounds in a light compact platform. That's what they are. That's that's and, and they are. And the only time I've ever grew, agreed with Justin Trudeau in my life is that the AR-15 is designed to do one thing and one thing only. 100% correct. It's designed yep. to kill people. That's why it was built. Period. That's and I know my guys buddies are going to be mad at me. I'm like, well, pound sand because that's what it's made to do. That's why we carried it. For you know, twenty plus years of my uh, career, that's what it does. Is that, was that the standard issue rifle or whatever for for yeah. Canadian soldiers? Most Western militaries use a variant thereof of a mm -hmm. five point five six millimeter, um, you know, assault rifle. Whether it's um, AR, Brayden, can you tell me? Um, because I don't know a lot about guns, I get my um, knowledge of guns in your area of the world. I, I know it's not New Zealand. From Jim Jeffries and his famous gun rant um, about well, well, I do. Uh, are you familiar though. with that Jim Jeffries gun? Um, what would you call it? A bit that he does, or 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 whatever, when he's on stage talking about the, uh, I guess it was a mass shooting in Australia, like thirty years ago or something like that, and Australia just decided, according to the stand-up comedy stylings of Jim Jeffries. Um, decided to ban uh, all guns and and everyone seemed kind of cool with that. Is, are you familiar with that at all? I'm not. Um, obviously, oh. uh, there was a, there was a massacre in Australia in 1996, which is probably what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah it was uh, in Tasmania. Yeah. Um, I, so no, I can't address his his rant. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it. Chris uh, Rock had a better rant. He goes, you want to stop mass shootings, yeah. make ammunition $5,000 a bullet, and then yeah. see how many people get shot after that. <laughs> he must have been really mad at that motherfucker. He put 50 Gs worth of bullets. That's exactly it, yeah. right? Like, how mad are you going to be? You got to remortgage your house to go, like, shoot somebody? You might want to think about that a couple times. Yeah. yeah. True. I, I don't want to live in a society where the only thing that's stopping a nutter from mowing me there with an AK when I walk to the shopping mall is the fact that he can't get the AK. I, I, it's kind of a little bit. Um, I think we could aim for we can aim for something better than that potentially. Uh, there is, it's mm. possible. You can look around the world and in history, and you can see that uh, it's possible to have a society where uh, there is not a nutter looking at you in longing to possess an AK so that he can gun you down. 
um, you know, the first initial issue is the fact that people want are wanting to try and kill us with mass casualty events, and that's fairly recent phenomena. Um, you can ban guns altogether and people can still get vehicles, right? And I've got a, the, the Nice attack open in a tab here, killed 86 people with a truck. Yeah. Well, and, and I agree with that. I, I'm, this is not defending me keeping my guns or any of that stuff. It's like somebody who wants to go kill people is going to find a way. They've been doing it since the Stone Age, beating somebody to death with a dinosaur bone. Um, up to, and if you look at the stats, there's more deaths by like knives and stabbing and other other means than there well, is. Well, by bombs. I mean, there, right. I think Ariana Grande a terror attack was a bomb. There's been lots of bombs. Sure. Um, well, that's my background, so I know all about that for sure. There you go. Yeah. Um, so you know, in that sense, it's kind of you don't want to to look at the problem and go, okay, the problem is guns, ban them, and then find that that the got bad guys just find other ways to do it but that's not yeah i i don't know about that but i mean i i think um because that's sort of floating on the edges of guns don't kill people, kill people but guns make it extraordinarily easy for people to kill people like you know like if someone mm. is really angry and they want to kill that person and that person is 50 feet away they're not grabbing the knife and running at the guy ready to stab yeah. they're gonna grab the gun you're right, Jim. You're 100 yeah. correct, and, and and those types of guns, which again I own, um, do make it very easy to do it because that's what they're designed to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but but yeah. I, I I just don't think that banning them solves what the problem is, especially in Canada, where it's 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 theatrics saying that gun violence will go down. Because the lobbyists who put money in the liberals' pockets, sorry, I had to get that in there. Um, <laughs> think well, you're that, in the Berta, right? <laughs> I'm in Berta. I got to, I got to rep, man. Come on. <laughs> um, that's going to solve the problem. That, that, that is juvenile thinking. It's not going to solve the problem because you're not putting your resources into the real problem. If which you, is you want to have a fun conversation? Talk to a um, a lawyer. Um, usually it's a criminal defense attorney. I talked to Rob Kiblikin about this, one of the sponsors for the network, my lawyer, um, about mandatory minimums for people smuggling guns from the United States to Canada. All of a sudden, the gun issue becomes a completely secondary issue next to the mandatory minimum, which apparently is anti-democratic. Um, a mandatory minimum is what tyrannical governments use to like oppress people. But, I mean, there are certain crimes um, that already sort of have mandatory minimums. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if you're convicted of first-degree murder in this country, 25 years, no chance for parole until 25 years, that, that I believe, is a mandatory minimum. I'm not sure. If I think the, that's the baseline, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, if, yeah. if you – I don't know what the penalty is for smuggling a gun into Canada. It doesn't seem you, to be I'll, I'll, deterring I'll, I'll, anybody, though. I'll no. tell you what it's a lot less, and I want to get Rob on my pod because you just hit a nerve, is yeah. Canada's home defense or, or self-defense laws are an atrocity. Um, if you, because for all the guys, I've got these guns to protect my home. We don't have castle laws here. The States does. Plus you live in a trailer, not you, but whoever you're imitating. No, the buddy down the road does. <laughs> if you, you are only allowed to use an equal amount of force to defend yourself. Well, how the fuck you measure that is beyond me. But anyway, um, 
it basically works like this. And I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but if you shoot somebody mm. with your AR-15 or your pistol or your shotgun or whatever and kill them, breaking in your house, you will immediately be arrested and will spend the bulk of your time trying to convince the system that you were defending yourself. There was a case in Ontario, it was a couple years ago. This gentleman was bound and gagged and tied up in his own home with a shotgun to his head, broke free, got the shotgun, shot and killed one guy, wounded the other, I think, and I may be mixing the story up, and I apologize if I am, and was immediately arrested and charged in jail and spent a year to clear his name before, before you know, they threw it out. I mean, okay, so don't tell me your best weapon against a home invasion, and I tell this to people who go, Chris, what's the best gun I should get to defend myself? I'm like, for you, fucking none. Right here, 911. <laughs> yeah. Speak yeah, your phone, yeah. throw it on the ground. Get a dog. Um, yeah. Get a dog. No, there's a stat. Get, there, get um, cameras, get lights, get, like, yeah. create a, a, a tiered defense system, layered mm -hmm. defense the last thing you want to do in Canada is shoot somebody who breaks in your house because you are going to jail. 100%. Unless, unless it's an indigenous person on your farmland. Well, yeah, that's Saskatchewan <laughs> guy. Funny how right. that fucking happened, right? You're, you're, you're not right. wrong, man. So that's a complicated subject in itself is, is self-defense. But the first thing I tell people is, you don't need an AR. First nope. of all, an AR-15 is the worst weapon <laughs> to defend your house with. A pistol is the second worst weapon, and these are the mm -hmm. two weapons in question because most people, even skilled people, especially when the adrenaline's going, trust me, trust me, you're not that good of a shot as you were. That mm -hmm. is the worst weapon. Shotgun's horrible if you got kids or animals. Like, there's specific weapons that would be great home defense weapons, and most of the ones that are on this shit list are not ideal for home defense. And I'm telling you that as somebody who knows his guns. A dog. Listen, I saw a stat, I, and I'm going to butcher it, but it was basically something like this. You have a greater chance of shooting a loved one with a gun in your house Very than true. you do and, then, and, 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 and having your house broken into successfully. 100%. Then you would if you had a dog because, first of all, they avoid your house if they know you have a dog. And second of all, just like the with the 12-gauge, as soon as someone hears a dog growling or barking, unless it's a wow. fucking Shih Tzu, they're out. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> I got th I got three dogs, and if the first thing they're going to do is run down the stairs and jump all over the guy, and then show them where I hide all my valuables, right? And they're going to bark. <laughs> but what do you think I'm going to do? Grab my AR from under my bed, which would have been no. illegally stored anyway, and start coming down blazing. No, that, that that is absolutely preposterous. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. In my case, I yeah. just step out of bed and I sleep naked. So I just point and go, I win. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> do you know what I do? I had to inject some humor in there, guys. I, I, put on a, I put on a black suit with a black tie and I walk down the stairs with a copy of the Watchtower magazine and say, hey, <laughs> have you accepted Jesus Christ into your life? And they fucking <laughs> leave. <laughs> uh, Brandon, sorry, there, sorry. Man. <laughs> no. yeah, I do the same thing. I've got white books. Yeah, you'll know what those are, James. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Brandon, by the <laughs> way, CC. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. He's an ex-member of the PBCC, and and we're 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 you know we're and, and I invited him on the show to talk about guns. That that'll be our next uh, our our your next appearance on the show, um, because Love that's it. a whole thing in and of itself. Um, if we go back to Sandy Hook, just just for a moment, and we go back to the United yeah. States, um, I even heard people. Do you remember this when after it happened? People like there were some serious discussions, and this happened a, a couple other times in in the, in the shootings that followed over the next ten years, of of teachers being armed, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. and like armed guards walking around the school and and all this stuff, and then um, I think Dave Chappelle had a really interesting bit about how his uh, his one of his kids was doing like. Um, they were running drills at school act, for if act, there was like a mass shooter drills. Yeah, James, and I remember action, that bit. That's right. The, act, and the bit was based in, down there. That's right. And the bit was like, why don't you, you're going to tell one of these students might be a future active shooter. And now you're telling them how yes. you're going to handle it. So of course he's just going to go straight to like the hall monitor, whatever it was, shoot that guy first, shoot a couple teachers that might have guns. And then, and then he knows he's safe until the cops get there. And what do the cops do? wait outside because like they, they don't want to go evolve. in for some reason but think of the yeah. curriculum balance when it comes to time because since they canceled half of u.s history um they have yeah. time to teach active shooter drills to the kids wow yeah. well you guys are killing it out down there i mean unbelievable literally i yeah. I, uh, I had a conversation with an uh, an author in the u.s uh well-known author i'm not going to say her name but um we were back and forth on twitter and she was talking about how you know today they had an active shooter drill at my niece's school and she came home traumatized and i went what's an active shooter drill well i don't understand what is that this is about seven years ago and she explained it to me and i go yeah i've never heard of that before she goes how could you have not have heard of this and i go I live in Canada. Oh, you don't do that there? I'm like, no, we don't. I mean, yeah, we have a lot of people that own guns here. And yes, gun crime does happen here. But we don't traumatize our children. We do now. Oh, wow. Wow, wow Jen, your kids did it now. Jen, That's, Jesus. And Jen's in Ontario, right? Jen, you're in Toronto. Yeah, North York. Area, area, yeah. Right? That's, that's the first I've ever heard of that. That's a sad thing to have to do it really is yep. i can't believe do you have active shooter drills in, in new zealand Britain? no definitely not um it, it, i remember seeing a photograph of from an american school of of where they they actually had tape on the floor where the kids had to stand in the event of a drill where they would be out of sight from the from the hallway so they're not just a the drill they're actually having they're fitting out the classrooms this, uh, is a, just, this is like an extension of duck and cover. Remember the uh, nuclear bomb yeah, drills? Yeah, that back to that, but to, back to your actual point, James, about the teachers being armed and, and, and things like that. I know a lot of teachers and they want to teach and educate kids. They they thought, you know, they, they're hearing about this in the States. But the minute they say, I need to take firearms training and have a gun in my desk is okay. the day I'm going to find a new career. Um. Yeah. You're, you're, you're again you're band-aiding a problem by saying well we're gonna we're gonna put security guards armed security all over these schools and and we're gonna we're gonna it's a prison um, yeah it's it becomes a, a, a prison for sure and teach you know have armed teachers i'm going that's not solving your problem your problem is an overabundance of firearms easy access to it and not managing it that it's 
one of those bullshit band-aid solution things that's not a root cause solution to a problem. Plus, and, think about how much teachers get paid in the States. And now you're oh, going to be asking them with, to like, like themselves? less than what cops get paid. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's preposterous. And what trauma you think of the mental development cycle of a child, especially when they get into the adolescent years of, you know, you're teaching them this is the norm. This is the free world. This is, this is what we have to do. It, it's, it's absurd. It's insane that that's the world that these kids have to live in where they're doing active shooter drills because of a mismanaged problem. It's an interesting thing, though. I mean, both New Zealand and Canada come from a similar background in many ways. And we look at the United States and, and the country's problems, and they're easy to criticize, and there's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. um, but America still somehow seems to work, and people go there. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit like we... we, we we stand back, and in New Zealand, we're very, very we te- we tend to be a bit smug about this kind of thing, and a lot of our problems we don't have simply because of geography. A lot of problems we find overseas. America works somehow. No, it's, it, it's, works. It's, it's, it works. It's, 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 it's funny you say that because I, I go to the states a lot, and I just came back from Denver two days ago. Um, Denver is a pretty left, it's like Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it was interesting because for the first time ever, I heard Americans telling me that their country is fucked. Yeah, I've been hearing that a lot lately. Not one or two or three, Many. like 90%. Many. Yeah. Not this flag waving bullshit that you're used no. to. Like, America's the greatest country in the world. And this was not just people from Denver because it was, I went to a Broncos Chiefs game. Uh, Chiefs won, of course. Thank you very much. <laughs> People come in from all, all over the states, right, to see this game. And you're just sitting in the bar talking about politics and, and things like that. And more and more Americans know how divided and, and fucked up the country is. And they're, they're saying that and speaking out. So I found that to be very interesting. So you, I agree with you. Yeah, they, they make it work. But do they? Well, it feels like the, the more interesting side of it is, is that the fact is how many immigrants they still seem to get. Um, you know, immigration is quite an interesting an interesting phenomenon. I mean, the, the Iron Curtain was put up to stop people from leaving, right? Um, and you can kind of start on the head of a pin. America does attract people somehow. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's a well, land yeah, of opportunity. Right now, I'm going to New Zealand before I'm going to move to America. Well, oh, here, yeah. just just to just to sort of uh, circle back to something that we mentioned before and what you mentioned now, I have a. A pretty fitting, albeit satirical, clip of Americans and guns, so. I'd like to buy your deadliest gun, please. Aisle six, next to the sympathy cards. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Whoa, careful there, Annie Oakley. I don't have to be careful, I got a gun. Well, you probably want the accessory kit, holster. Oh, yeah. Bandolier. Baby. Silencer. Mm -hmm. Loudener. Speed cocker. Ooh, I like the sound of that. And this is for shooting down police helicopters. Oh, I don't need anything like that. Yet. Just give me my gun. Sorry, the law requires a five-day waiting period. We've got to run a background check. Five days? But I'm mad now. You know. That's the one I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I just found it, so I thought I'd put it I love here. that. That is meant. Meant. But it's fun. But it's, it's, it doesn't seem like satire. No. Okay, so let me speak to that. 
because I've been in American gun shops in some pretty right wing states, and <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, man. It, it is almost like that. Like <laughs> yeah. the satirical scale past reality is there, and you think it's there. It's, no, it's, it's much like closer. That. The rebel flag in the background, like of course that's in the background. You know, it's well, it's very cool. much like that. It, it, what was which the episode is, of Family Guy when the episode of Family Guy when they moved to Texas, and and Brian the dog goes to the liquor store and says, "Yeah, I'd like a, a bottle of whiskey. Here's your bottle of whiskey, and here's your gun. Gun? I I didn't. I don't want a gun. No, Texas state law: buy a bottle of whiskey, get a free yeah, gun. Have a gun. <laughs> it, it it reminds me of that. When did you guys? Who here's everybody seen Bowling or uh, Bowling for Columbine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And when oh, the uh, bank thing. Yeah, the bank thing. He goes yeah. in, opens a bank account, and I don't know what state it was. Little hyperbole in there, though. Right. He did and get the like, rifle, but they don't hand it to you that day. But you get a free gun for opening a. <laughs> you bank get a free account. gun. <laughs> a free <laughs> gun. Here's yeah, your here's your rifle. checking account. Here's your card. Yeah, it's tap enabled. Don't worry about it. And that was Colorado oh, too, gun. if I recall correctly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember, so I don't want to. I don't want to cite it. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I think it was Colorado. Texas, Colorado, wherever. It doesn't matter. You do have to remember he, he did manipulate it a little bit. He did. He always uh, does. That's Michael Moore. That's fair. Yeah, he does. But yeah. he's factual in the sense that you open a checking account for $5,000, we will give you a free rifle. Yeah. Now, it's it's like you open the account. The account has to be in good standing order for something like 60 or 90 days, and then you get your free rifle. It's yeah. not handed to you that day. And they don't a- hand you ammunition either. <laughs> Oh, by the way, they don't. Well, here, if if you switch to RBC today, you get some AirPods. Yeah, yeah. Down there, you get a gun. Disgusting. You get a gun. There's a huge difference, right? Big difference. I mean, I mean, and again, I'm not a gun owner. I don't ever want to own a gun. Everybody knows I'm 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 a center left. Uh, I'm very much into strong social safety net programs. I don't make a secret of that, but. One of the things that we always stress on our podcast is facts and truth are important and we will always tell the truth and we always will be factual. Yeah, I think that's a better idea. Yeah, me too. And I, I'm center right. You and I could go and hang out and have a beer and have a rational oh, conversation. Absolutely. Without question. Most of my buddies, I was just at my Scotch and Cigar Club. They're all, well, I'd say about 75% are, are center right. But we but agree on center so because much. it feels like center is is an antiquated word. It's not though. Position. It's not because you I'm and I are I'm not that far centrist, apart. So <laughs> a radical centrist. Actually, well, I, I guarantee you, Chris, you and I are not that far apart. And and no. in all likelihood, our upbringing was eerily similar. Military kid grew up on military bases my whole yeah. life, so I never served. But I would probably have an understanding that you and I could sit down and agree and have a conversation about things that maybe I'll say in air quotes, civilians wouldn't get. I am a civilian. However, you're a base brat. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a different knowledge base there, right? Well, it's the mindset. It's just, I I cannot get my head around and I know we're talking guns and everything, but it, the polarization with politics is either you're extreme left and you hate everything on the extreme, right? And it just keeps going like that. I'm like, I didn't grow up that way. I never. No. Grew, I, didn't grow, I, I can't no. get my head around this. How the hell did we get here? Well, well and we used to flip flop. We used to flip flop. Liberal to progressive conservative. Sure. Who's doing right. the right things? Like, you know, I, 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 as much as it's 
and I don't want to mention his name, the current serving prime minister. And I don't think the guy coming in that hopefully replace him, it's because we don't vote people in here. We just vote people out. That's We're right. done with you. We're going to take this dick next. Mm -hmm. But it's just so polarized. And it, it's like to, to circle back to guns. If I say I'm pro gun, the far left, except for somebody who's left better, yeah. just attacks me. Why? Because yeah. they're programmed to do that because they're extreme left. And the extreme right guys, and I know a lot of them, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, hang on a second. Maybe there's some, some merit to, to, to this. Is fucked well, up as they've done it. Like that's that's what I'm trying to stay in the middle. Yeah. Well, on gun on guns, I'm probably really really far left. But Chris, you and I already agreed on what I think is a major point, which is like I don't think I should be illegally like legally allowed to own a firearm, but I'm fine that you are because of your background and training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know? I I think you should be legally allowed to own a firearm if you were adequately and competently trained. You've had a sufficient background check and maybe even follow-up background checks to assess your mental condition if you're in restricted firearms. I think there's many ways to do it that lets me or somebody else who's a, who's a recreational shooter keep their AR-15 by having checks and balances. But can, can I put my hand on my heart and say, I'm entitled to, I need this? No, I don't. Do I like shooting it? Yeah, but I spent 20 years shooting it. It's like a, it's a mechanic has his own tools at home. Maybe that's a shitty analogy, but that's what I'm using. Not really. Not really. I'm comfortable I, with I, it. I think that's a fair analogy. I, I look, I like, look, somebody like me who is uh, secret cleared, I was top secret for a bit. Um, I could, if I wanted to, I could go out and buy a gun tomorrow. Sure. If I wanted to. Here's the reason I don't have them. I, I, a, I don't, I don't like them. And also I have depression and anxiety. Hmm. So that's self, that's medication, self-aware self decision. And I respect yes. that. The medication works, but some days it doesn't. And, yep. and when you, when you're sitting there thinking of the terrible things you can do to yourself, I know where the carotid artery is. I have a, I have a Bowie knife, but I know how much of a mess that makes. And yeah, how long if your brain goes there, you should not be around firearms. I don't Because a firearm is like that, right? It's yep. instant. It's done. It's finished. But I mean, like for me, it's like, well, what do you need an AR-15? I get that from a million people. I said, well, let me tell you something. I work for the Canadian government. And we would get to go to the range outside of pre-deployment training to go to Afghanistan, Bosnia, or wherever, once a year. So what we did was bought the same guns that were issued in the Army, bought our own ammo. The RCMP do the exact same thing, by the way, because mm -hmm. they got no money to keep their skill sets up to do their jobs. And we would go do range practices on our own to ensure that we were good to go. That's what we did. Mm. Because there was an underfunded military. Keish, hey, newsflash for all you people out there. The Canadian military is not funded well. That is all. <laughs> no. um, so we would go buy our own weapons oh, that were like weapons and buy our own ammo and go do our own training together. And we did that for decades. So now I'm out of the army. Yeah, I still have my AR. I like it. I want to keep it. Do I need it? No. Not the point. I like it. Because Brain if you really want, to, really want to segue, it's no. not about guns to me. Here's where I'm going to go a little right. So hang on to your hats. It's how it's being pushed through that is not following what I consider due process. And... 
what's he going to do next that he doesn't like? It's easy to focus on guns. Here, look, smoke and mirrors over here. Oh, now we're going to ban this, change that, do that, do that. But that's a whole other segue conversation. There's my conspiracy theory comment for the night. <laughs> it's how I feel that... And come on our podcast for that conversation. A, a narcissistic fool is managing our country. And, and, and what a shit show this latest C-21 amendment is. I'm like, do you know what you're doing before you make key decisions? Do you actually understand what you're doing? Because you're pushing through you're pushing a bill through that has so many holes in it. No pun intended. Cause we're talking about guns. Um, I'm not confident in your ability to make actual decisions. You're worried about guns, but I had to get my buddy, bring back children's Tylenol from fucking Mexico to hook up my buddy, Grant Johnson. Cause his kids can't get meds cause it doesn't have French language on it. But the, hang on. Yes, a second. but 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 Chris, but easy, not, but easy, but easy with the, easy with the gun puns. Okay, I, I'm just happy that you're climbing out of your shell. But but easy with the. Gun <laughs> I am puns. done now. Thank you for your uh, putting up with that. The, the language thing has nothing to do with the prime minister. These are laws that are in place, and he can't just summarily change them without rewriting the constitution. Like there's, there's guns. Well, no, because it's legislation. Nothing's been passed yet. We need Tylenol. Get it in here. That's what we need. <laughs> no argument there. No argument I, there. But I mean, we we got to look at the bigger picture and and all the things involved. And I know you're right. You're, you're, you're right. You're a smart enough man to make that. that need to be made there. But I I swear to God, I had my buddy bring back children's Tylenol from Mexico. Oh, I found out because his no kids doubt. have been sick for for three months because it's that time of year for kids, mm -hmm. and you cannot get it anywhere. And we're well, babbling it, back and forth about I'm not just having, done stupid shit in this country. And Why is it that Shoppers Drug Mart's fault? But Why they're having the same problem. I don't in the know US, the background though. on it, so I'm ranting. But it's an no. There's the same problems rant. happening in the United States right now. There are shortages right? of Tylenol in the United States and have been for weeks. This is Johnson and Johnson is probably yeah. just trying to raise their stock price. Like, like well, really different different companies. Mexico, sure. you can get it there. Johnson and Johnson is book a swoop flight down to no. PV and load up your kid. Who owns hey. Tylenol? I don't know. Not J and J. No, I've had friends who work for J and J. That's not one of their products. Oh, McNeil Laboratories, and now part of the Johnson Johnson pharmaceutical conglomerate. I don't know who under the umbrella. Get on the Google machine. Yeah, put the Googler in there. Put Brendan, in. Um, you guys have Tylenol in New Zealand. I'm getting a pretty amazing background on Canadian pharmaceutical supplies. Yeah, you got a got lot of guys are better than the United States. I mean, California is trying to build their own drugs factories now, but is yeah. it is quite bad in Canada too? Yeah. Well, Listen, if, you, if you got children's Tylenol, DM me later. I'll, I can I can make some money off this. Oh, well, New Zealand, yeah, it's just a case of uh, DHLing it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. One of the things that is happening here, and I had a conversation with a fella earlier this evening, uh, is that we're re we're starting to manufacture vaccines in Canada again, which we used to do, and then it was sold off by which prime minister? Oh, can you yeah. tell me? You want to go there, Paul? You oh, really want to go there? Yeah, okay. Not the current one. No, no, yeah. it was sold off by Brian Mulroney. And here's the best part. Yeah. The guy I was having the conversation with is a staunch, dyed-in-the-wool progressive conservative. And I go, but he sold it. And he goes, yeah, you're right. He did do that. Yeah. <laughs> he, I'll, I'll concede failure by any government. Yeah. Oh, and me too. Because, I, again, I don't belong to any political party, and I never will. I am center-left but I do not belong to a party. I never, ever will. And I will call out any party who does a bad thing 
every single time. Well, and I think, so we're kind of aligned on that because as a member of the military, I can't count how many governments I went through. I did 25 years. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You, you serve the government in power. And all I cared about was one thing. Am I going to be properly equipped, trained to go where you send me? If, if, if you meet those three things, I'm a pretty happy guy. And I know that's a simplistic view, but mm -hmm. most members of the military, and I, I guess I'm speaking for a lot of people who might disagree with me, didn't give a shit whether it was the conservatives, the liberals. Nope, at all. It nope. was like, are you going to sufficiently equip us and fund us to be able to do what you expect us to do? If you do that, we're good. That's that was yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I'll tell you right now, like, where I was pro-liberal, Stephen Harper, who I was kind of a fan of, mm -hmm. he took a lot of credit for a lot of equipment we had in Afghanistan. But you know who ordered that equipment? Paul Gretchen. Martin. Oh, Paul Martin. That's right. Yeah, Paul yeah. Martin. That's right. Yeah. Paul Martin, the liberal government, made some snap decisions and fast-tracked a, 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 a horrible procurement process and got us a bunch of good stuff that got us into Afghanistan. But by the time it arrived, Stephen Harper's government was in, in, in play. So they kind of went, uh, yeah, we're doing great over there. I'm he like, did that a lot. Hey, he did that when, 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 the financial, when the financial crisis didn't impact Canada as much as it impacted yeah, the yeah, States. Yeah. He took credit for that too. Even though he tried to pass the same Glass-Steagall Act type uh, banking law here that would have merged commercial and investment mm -hmm. banking that yeah. would have totally fucked us. And I'm not shitting on Stephen Harper. I'm just saying I know which governments did what. That, that enabled me and, and the people like me to be successful at what they asked us to go and do. So, well, which, which government got us the, the current fighter jets that we've still been using since 1983, 84, when we first got them? Who purchased that? Which Ford, one that? You were broke. The CF-18. Have you decided oh, whether you're going to buy... 83. Keep going backwards. 81. No, it was That's purchased in... 1981. So they were... Purchased in 78, we, we started to get the deliveries in 81 through 83, and who purchased Correct. them? Correct. That's a typical procurement cycle, yeah. yeah that, was, that was Pierre Trudeau who purchased them. Wow. Yep. And guess what? True. His son, who, I, who I'm not a big fan of, we're like not doing fondue on Wednesdays, but anyway, <laughs> he just signed the deal to get 80-whatever F-35s. That's right. That being said, we could have got them way cheaper if he would have did this back when it was a thing and they objected Agreed. to it. But that's normal government shit. So I'm not going to like bomb them with that because that could flip flop either way. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he pulled the trigger. So our, our air force is about to get state of the art when, however long that procurement cycle is going to be. So it's well, he ran like on the platform of wanting to cancel that contract. And I spoke to a buddy of mine who, yeah, a couple of friends of mine who are, 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 I can't say who they are or what they do, but let's just say they were in the know. And we'll leave it at that. Well, Canada's said, got a lot of money invested into that project. So that was sorry, the thing. James. We're jacking your pod here, man. Oh, it's fine. But, but that was the thing they had I'm interested in the conversation. We had billions of dollars invested into the project with the supply chain set yep. up for the next 30 years. Absolutely. There are millions of jobs involved. So I think what happened was somebody sat down and said, if you cancel this, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Okay, let it fall by the wayside, and then we'll buy them in a couple of years. No, in my mind, that's that's one of the, well, the only good military decision by this government thus far was to pull the trigger on that. And I don't care about the back end. 
and I care about mm. jobs in Canada and all that great stuff too, but it's like we have got to finally get a modern air, a modern oh, yeah. fighter craft that can interact because we don't operate alone anymore. Everything has got the word joint in front of it. Wherever Everything. we go, it's joint. And the F-35 allows for a complete networking, no matter what country's in the air, to be able to create that interoperability. So it's a big deal. Tell me a single pilot in the Canadian Armed Forces, Canadian Air Force right now, that is as old as the aircraft they're flying in. Oh, none. None. And like the allowable air, air hours on an F-18, there was American pilots come up and do exchanges and I was teaching uh, cold weather survival in Cold Lake. And they're like, I'm not flying that. You're not no even way. allowed to fly that in the United States. It's mild out. Well, well I, I had a buddy who was a Sea King, worked with the Sea Kings. <laughs> I've been in one of those too. Okay, so the aircraft... Uh, Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting political, but how can I help it, James? You know me. Uh, so I, I, when I Kretchen think you guys ran, are jacking the show in the best way possible, so please. I, I feel when Kretchen bad. ran, he was like, "I'm going to cancel the." Helicopter. I would just kick you off if I felt bad about it. Go ahead. Okay. Well, yeah. the CH oh, you're one, talking about the H101. The H101. So Kretchen said, "I'm going to cancel the helicopter," and we went, "No, don't do that. We've already spent a lot of money, and the aircraft that are flying are older than the pilots, and I'm going to cancel the GST." He didn't cancel the GST. He canceled the EH-101. It cost which us almost a billion dollars. Which we got anyway, which is the core. Which we ended up getting, yeah, several years later. Meanwhile, yeah, we, we wait, spent... If we wait long enough, this can be seven times more expensive. So let's go that route. Well, not to mention the fact that the amount of money spent to keep the Sea King flying during that time, yeah. the amount of lives lost, the penalties that were paid, but he didn't cancel the GST, and John Nunziata got kicked out of the party for asking him why he didn't cancel it. <laughs> so again, like I said, center left, but I will See, call out a son that. of a bitch when they pull son of a bitch moves. No, I'm not okay, the same good. way. Um, right. I think what, we're, what we'll do, I, I don't want to try to circle back because that'll no. feel forced, but listen... We started off this conversation talking about Sandy Hook and gun control. We finished off talking about politics. It really, um, if I may try to clumsily squish them together, it will be politics that, uh, unfortunately, that we'll have to rely on in order to prevent the next Sandy Hook. So um, maybe it's a good thing that we've sort of evolved into that conversation. I'd like to thank Army Chris from the Fire and Effect podcast. I'd like to thank Paul Atkinson from the Eager Beaver podcast eager beaver podcast and Braden simmons from new zealand new zealand <laughs> hey Braden. Yeah. Down i appreciate you guys coming i i really do um i thought thank it was james a really stimulating conversation um and i'd love to have all of you back but thank you for joining us and um and and hopefully we'll see you again soon guys yeah thanks, you bro. bet take yes, care guys good one guys thanks james thank you Braden. i appreciate it buddy okay um that was a fun conversation. Um, I, I like when conversations sort of uh, fluid, uh, you know, through fluidity, take on a whole path of their own. Um, but just to, again, circle back, um, it is the 10th anniversary of Sandy Hook. And I feel like uh, it probably is a fitting thing to start or sort of to end the show the way I started the show. And I will do so um, by reading the following names. Noah, Anna Grace, Don, Vicky, Charlotte, Jack, Olivia, Mary, Dylan, Catherine, Aviel, Jessica, 
Rachel, James, Josephine, Caroline, Lauren, Ben, Madeline, Jesse, Allison, Chase, Daniel, Anne-Marie, Grace, and Emily. Those were the victims of the Sandy Hook tragedy. And I think that um, they become the unfortunate ambassadors of gun violence. And, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that one day, uh, you know, the United States might learn their lesson and, uh, and, and other countries as well, including our own. And we'll see you next time on Black Ball. Black Ball. Black, black, black ball. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.